Welcome to Reckless Moves. My name is Michael Grameen. I'm the Dungeon Master who gets to play with some wonderful fools in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Our party consists of Bryn Abilie, an Elven Ranger, Crispin Emberfury, a Fire Genasi Barbarian, Mark Whale, a Dragonborn Sorcerer, Serial, a Wild Hunt Cleric, Talfeth Truestorm, a Dwarven Paladin, and Birch Twigglesby, known as Twig, a Halfling Rogue. Why do rogues love leather armor? Because it's literally made out of hide. Moves Adventure Recap. This is a recap for Session 5 that was played uh, July 14th, 2019. Uh, the beginning of this uh, adventure, upon defeating Dern, the party talked to the leaders of the Goblin Commoners, those slaves that you'd freed from bondage. Your uh, healing and offers of food and drink created immense gratitude. After s discussing with leaders uh, Tictris and Ernix on how to help them escape, they offered to go with the party to negotiate an exit from their bondage, having been freed, but trapped between Belak and their enemy, the Kobolds. However, before they can escape, they reveal that the young white dragon, Wormling Kalkrix, was actually in the magically locked room adjacent. So, before they could uh, negotiate the peace with the kobolds and goblins, uh, they decided to handle the dragon first. Uh, so the goblins went back into hiding after their elder mage, Gilksix, uh, broke the magical glyphs, locking the trophy room. That's where Kalkrix has uh, rumored to have been hiding. So, it was... Um, an insight that if we captured or recaptured Kalkrix, not only... Um, made the dragon hate the goblins and kobolds, but ownership of those of a dragon who do not want to be owned was actually a root cause of the ongoing battle between the races in the Sunken Citadel. So um, they got the room open, and in great fear, because remember at this time, the party is... Not very powerful. They're just beginners. We called them shinies at the very beginning of this because they literally had not had any damage to their armor. They're starting to get a little bit of experience, but nothing they thought to fight a dragon wormling. Uh, so, through uh, instead of trying to do combat, the party used stealth negotiation and diplomacy. Um, they were not only able to avoid potential destruction, but Talfeth Truestorm uh, and talking to a dragonkin in the party, which was very helpful, um, having Mark Whale being dragonborn as part of the party, um, and lack of aggression and helping alleviate combat, Serial um, actually, as usual, decided to have a 
negotiation rather than going directly into combat. Talfeth earned a direct favor from Calcris the dragon by releasing the painful manacle uh, from Calcris's left rear leg, already growing strong. So Calcris was last seen descending into the Underdark pit in the stairs past where Durham was just slain, uh, not knowing what happened. So searching the trophy room where Calcris was, the party finds a rough tube with Dorvan writing on it. Talfeth recognized the tube in the writing and the symbol as belonging to Durgadin, a famous weaponsmith who some say was responsible for helping win the war between the dwarves and the orcs. So within the uh, Durgadin's tube, the party finds a burnt parchment revealing that Durgadin had established a, a redoubt or a, a fortress and has moved some of the best weapons and treasure there. While Durgadin lived a couple hundred years ago, Talfad recognizes that the rough diagram where Kundrakar, the keep, is located, Kundrakar is within the Pomars, the orcish land in Greyhawk, where orcs, goblins, and hobgoblin tribes settled after losing the war. It is a long journey from here, so putting the tube aside and perhaps noting this goal for the party in the future, the next item uh, is to help the goblins. Heading back to Eustrail's abode, you bring the goblin leaders along. Well, the kobolds go into tribe to discuss the party's desire for a peaceful exit to the goblin commoners, which is very difficult after the recent uh, war that's been going on. The party does get a long rest while the kobolds debate allowing the, go the goblins to leave. So a little tension arises. Serial wants to talk to Eustrail alone, but the kobold elites... Uh, do not let that happen. Eustrail, the king of the kobolds, comes to a decision to allow the goblins to leave. Uh, blood oath is taken, allowing all the goblins to leave peacefully on the condition they never return. They are offered simple weapons and safe patches, which is very shocking, largely because of the negotiating skill of the party and some excellent rolling. The goblins granted a safe passage, leave the way the party entered less than 40 hours before, up the rope, and uh, unknown well may be seen again. Now the next uh, item on the agenda is finally to descend and face Belak, which is the goal uh, to try to find the remaining family members of Carowin Hukrel, who had given them the task back in the earlier episodes. Descending the stairs by where Dern was slain, the party then learned how Calcris escaped, directly through a swath of destruction, with frozen and destroyed bugbears, giant rats, twig blights. The party figures out it was a good thing they avoided combat with even a young dragon. Frozen wreckage leads to a hidden exit through which the goblins were forced to forage for supplies earlier, under the whips of uh, the bugbear overseer who's now frozen and dead. So having this entire area clear by Calcrix did save a lot of time. So, heading south into the uh, underdark of the citadel, the party finds a rift, which could have been natural or long lost, with boreholes everywhere. Having found a little alcove, 
Twig sees a glowing borehole and barely escapes getting his face bit off by a fire snake. During combat, some confusion arose when a wooden arrow burned uh, and besting the fire snake, the party moved through a horrific laboratory of Belak, finding experiments and more goblin commoners who were freed and guided the way out. Belak was conducting awful experiments in grafting the Gulfius tree with living creatures. The sights and smells of this maniac's experiments probably would give the party nightmares in the future. Now, moving through this to the Arbor Arboretum, more goblins are freed and then uh, encounter a bugbear gardener. Bugbear was bested in a very creative way. First of all, Bryn, disguised as a goblin, walked right into the room. And then a stealthed twig snuck up right behind. And then all at once, in a plan, several uh, shots are fired from the hidden party. Bryn attacks and twig attacks from behind. So the gardener, Bogok, dies so swiftly, he literally didn't even know what hit him. Arrows and what will become a theme, a fatal blow to the ass, uh, which uh, one of the quotes of the day was, yours truly, the Dungeon Master, in all my long history of DMing, that was the first time someone died from an ass stab. <laughs> and moving on, they found a large uh, statue being cautious. It was finding of treasure that triggered combat with a shadow. Normally a formidable creature, several really lucky crits and high damage rolls made short order of this creature whose sole job was to devour souls. Moving on, they found Belak's library and through detecting some magic and surprising for this party, some caution, normally uh, a particular book was would have been open was not. That could have not gotten better because with the right investigations later uh, detecting magic and evil and patience uh, what would have been a huge explosion was simply put into a bag and evaluated later thus avoiding alerting the entire dungeon now the final combat with Belak which has been the goal to find the children and the party they've been looking for from Karen Hukrell's family, what should have been an epic fight to the death, the party, again, surprisingly, used stealth and great planning to take advantage of the balcony overlooking the Gulfius tree in Belak. Uh, what unveiled then was epic attacks by Bryn with massive damage, a shower of glass shards by Marquail, some shattering blows by Telfeth and Crispin, and Serial's use of a spiritual weapon, which we found for the first time to be a spiritual dog whistle. So the spiritual dog whistle did a lot of damage. Belak really never had a chance. After a surprise round was rolled, incredibly, the damage was done before Belak could cast one spell. Uh, Twig did battle uh, halfling old Frogo, barely avoiding getting swallowed by a giant frog, and Belak 
the battle culminated in the best weapon, weapon summon ever. The giant dog whistle was summoned, which upon the death call of Belak, rammed it... <laughs> Again, I apologize to those with weak stomachs. Rammed it right up the ass with a statement, Toot toot, motherfucker! And Belak was bested. Uh, with Marquel sniping the remaining blights and one cast of magic missile, all that remained was the frog. So, following a trend already established, Bryn delivered the killing bolt to the frog by shooting it right up the ass, almost hitting Twig in the face, who was trying to be swallowed by the uh, uh, call. And the party slain everyone, releasing Talgan and Sharwin Hukrell, and began to loot until... One final surprise enemy who is, was being digested within the Gulfius tree was released upon the party. So a final battle ensued against a Bardagest, a shape-shifting and powerful enemy. This was not the epic battle it could have been, but Marquail got some exercise on a suggestion spell to run for 12 hours until inevitably the Bardagest was bested. So Talfin and the party take some chances and find that the Gulfius tree's hold on them was a disease. With the very last possible remaining curative capabilities of the party and eliminating poisons as well, and very lucky rolling, Talfeth actually cured them. They would have died within 24 hours after they were cured released, and instead, the party returns after defeating all of this and going out the uh, surprise exit Return to Carowyn Hukrail for their well-earned reward and for her remaining children's safe return. Carowyn offers the party the best rooms at the Old Boar Inn, where the all of this began just so recently, and asks the party to return tomorrow for further discussion. Now, this party of Chinese or Greenhorns, who just days before arrived absolutely with no experience, have now developed bods that only battle can forge. But further, the group has succeeded a few times without battle, kind of developing even deeper bond and trust between. Having earned it, the party finally gets something that has been long deserved, a good night's rest in a warm bed. So we're left with some questions here. So will the party find the exact location of Kundrakar? Uh, what happened to Tictris and Gilkix and the other goblins? Uh, will the party and how will they decide to make the long journey to the Pole March? And how will they pass safely in lands where orcs and goblins and hobgoblins call home? If they do find Durgadin's fortress, what mysteries are going to find in there? What became of Calcrix? Will we see Calcrix again? And last... You still not know who sent you on the initial invitation to this adventure. We'll find out more in session six. Recap of session six, which was played on July 28th, 2019. The party after awakening in the inn and enjoying a hearty breakfast, went for a little exploration and shopping. When a messenger from Carolyn Hukrell prodded the party, the final meeting at the House of Hukrell began. With the gratitude of a remarkably 
Clean and quaffed Sharwin uh, and Talgan, Carolyn grants the party one additional reward a cart with two war horses and two riding horses. With now the goal of the Pomage, there were multiple paths to choose. Carolyn gave each of the party a special magical reward. After some debate of which path to choose, the party chose to go east and take a sea voyage via the port city of Safeton to the port city of Highport in the Pomage, the Orcish mainland, and home of goblins, hobgoblins, and ogres, and many orcs. So due to the diplomatic solution to the Kobold Goblin War and the Sunken Citadel, there might be some allies in this land of enemies. A message was left with Carowin by a magic mouth spell from Eustrael, the Kobold King, to indicate they found and released some goblins returning from a forage. Carowin said the goblins were returning to their homeland in the Promarge and that the worm-ridden tree goblins sent an open invitation to the party. After some shopping, the party headed east. The, the party travel was mostly peaceful, except for some bandits and a mysterious old lady. The party ran across some bandits and bandit captains who were about to waylay the party. Due to Serial's high passive perception, henceforth known as ludicrous perception, a warning was given. The party scouted the situation. Twig went ahead on stealth and uh, reported the party and the bandits were dispatched before they could hatch their trap. Uh, we had a couple great quotes of this particular part of the session. The On the goblin overkill by Crispin, the last thing that went through his mind was his mind. Then came unexpected mercy for Gailu, the sole remaining bandit captain. Serial called off the slain last survivor and the party let him live. Who knows will the, how this will pan out in the future. The journey to the Pomarge continued with the party along the way sharing some of their backstories. Everyone shared some, uh, but the highlight of this was Marquel's. You can hear more in Marquel's uh, Jacob's uh, player interview but the quote was my mom was a dragon and my dad was really really brave which I thought was a great description of how dragonborns might have come about uh, the party uh, headed to for Bulbon, uh one of the cities along the coast and ended up staying at the Yellow Mug uh, where humans and elves and other races were all accepted during dinner a very unattractive old woman was seen eyeing the party Confronting her and having a conversation in one of their private rooms they'd rented, it was revealed that it was Gilxis, the powerful goblin magician and illusionist that had warned the party that someone was waiting for them at Safeton. Without specifics, but it was a warning and recommended that instead they leave by Hardby with a suggestion that they take the ship to Highport called the Monarch's Fortune. The goblins would have someone meet them to safely navigate the party to their hometown. Due to the immense gratitude for having saved what we now kind of surmise as some of the more powerful goblins that unfortunately were enslaved in the Sunken Citadel. Gilxis left the party to make their choices, getting some rest. Now, during the night, 
Telfeth had a dream during this day of a mountain shaped like a, a like a kind of like a tooth pointing in the sky in a rock formation on a hillside. In the morning, Bryn went to speak to the Elven High Council, trying to find more about her backstory and history. A strange request for blood was asked and granted. Having a private meeting with the High Council later, perhaps she learned more in her own character story. The party then hit up a, a notable magic shop in the area, the Spirit of Saladria, where Twig asked for the 11th time, do you have anything for 50 gold? For the now thoroughly expected answer, we have this healing potion. Serial had a private moment with a shopkeep named Elketh. No one heard the dialogue and the party's unsure what happened there, but the party did notice a raven on the weapon's hilt. He was showing Elketh. This might not be surprising to the party as Serial does worship the raven god and has a raven sigil. Leaving a false trail at a couple inns to indicate they're going to Safeton, the party boarded the ship at Hardby. A tough sea journey with no other altercations, the party did arrive at Highport, greeted now by a now familiar ugly old woman in disguise. Gilxis tells the party that they'll be escorted to their village. Two of the party goes into a goblin disguise amongst the other escorts, the remainder hid under a tarp in the wagon. The one-day tough journey went unmolested. The party did see ogre, ogre hunting parties, hobgoblin traders, and several orcs passing by on dire walls. Uh, with simple grunts and passing, no one raised an alarm. The party then, having purchased both practical and tactical items through the travel and the shopping experiences, finally find themselves arriving in the worm-ridden tree goblin village and are treated and greeted as heroes. Giving the party a large tent, they are fed, treated to the best accommodations in the village. You recognize several of the goblin commoners from rescuing from Dern and Belak, and it is mysterious how they all got there so far ahead of you. However, now getting a good night's sleep, the next adventure awaits. We'll explore more in session seven. Once again, my name is Michael Crameen. I'm the Dungeon Master for Reckless Moves. Talk to you soon.